Thanks for your, your patience. As you can imagine, uh, Premier Cochran had a number of people wanting to speak with her as we were going through the building today. Um, and thanks to all of you for joining us here today. I'd like to extend a special welcome to Premier Carolyn Cochran of Northwest Territories. With the wildfire situation in the territory and around Yellowknife is deeply concerning. And the reason she's here with us, I'm honored today to have the opportunity to stand alongside her. We've just had an opportunity to meet some residents of um, the Northwest Territories, I think mostly from outside of Yellowknife, but I think some of them were from within Yellowknife, who had to leave everything behind as well as staff and volunteers who are doing everything that they can to offer support and reassurance. The true test of leadership comes in times of crisis. And since the evacuation, Premier Cochrane has continued to run her government. Despite the crisis they face, I commend her for her bravery, her dedication to her constituents, and her willingness to serve during this critically important time. I'd also like to thank Albertans for opening their homes and their businesses and hearts to the neighbors up north. Over the past week, we've gained 21,576 temporary residents, and Albertans are very proud to help. I'd also like to thank everyone from the Calgary Emergency Management Agency for their tireless efforts in setting up and running this evacuation center and for the support that they offer daily to the evacuees from Yellowknife. Alberta's healthcare system has assisted in the evacuation of four hospitals and is serving the healthcare needs of four acute care patients, 55 continuing care patients, 30 obstetrics patients, and 19 dialysis patients. And so to our frontline healthcare workers, thank you. I know that there is a, uh, Jolene is here as well from the Indigenous Wellness Group, and she's fielding a lot of calls and questions and walk-ins from people who need additional support. We've also opened the doors of our correctional facilities to the temporary transfer of 85 inmates. And so I'd like to thank our law enforcement agencies for their work ensuring the safe and secure transfer of these inmates and also thank all of those who assisted in providing housing, meals, water, gasoline, and other supports during an incredibly vulnerable time. A special thank you to Solzia and the Calgary Hotel Association for the support they have offered and Sol is here as well um, talking about all of the, the ways in which his, uh, hotel, his hotel chain has offered support to, to residents. I'd also like to recognize that our neighbors to the west are also fighting devastating wildfires, and our hearts go out to those who've lost homes and businesses in the Kelowna and Shushwap areas. Our thanks go to first responders and firefighters working to save the community. We remain in close contact with the government of British Columbia and ready to stand and support them if it becomes necessary. I know that uh, my public safety and emergency services minister, Mike Ellis, he's been on the phone troubleshooting on things for, through each stop that we've made along the, day, uh, the way as we as we visited the different centers here today, and he stands ready also to help uh, in the event that the call comes in from British Columbia. But now I'm pleased to invite Premier Cochrane to share an update. Uh, thank you. I want to extend, uh, it's really tough what's, what the residents of the Northwest Territories are going through. 68% uh, of our population has been evacuated. Many of the people in the North have never left the North. They're not familiar with big cities. I know it's a struggle, um, but I really, I can't express how, how thankful I am to Premier Smith, to the government of the Alberta, um, for firefighters, for evacuation centers, for supports, and the people of Alberta. Uh, myself, I had to evacuate as well, and the amount of people that were standing on the roads, giving out gift cards, opening their homes, handing out water and things, I can't express how, how much gratitude and how much it meant to us. Uh, 
I don't know how long this evacuation is going to take place. I know it's still very high risk in the north, um, but I, I can't say how much. Uh, my family is from Alberta. My mother's family is from Paddle Prairie, a Métis settlement, um, and I've always had an attachment. But now with what the Albertans have done for our people, I am eternally uh, grateful. I shall never forget the kindness and the support of Albertans. You've truly shown what it means to care for people, not just your own, but for all people, and that is the Canadian way. So thank you. Thank you so much. Now we'll go into the media Q&A. Sorry for the delay today, folks. I'm sure you can all understand these are very challenging times for a lot of people. We'll just have time for a few questions today. We're going to start off with a couple from in the room. There's a mic at the back right if you'd like to make your way there. And then we'll also go to the phone lines to take a couple questions there. And we'll be going with one question, one follow-up. Gentlemen at the mic, feel free. Uh, Hi, it's Aaron Collins with CBC National News. I have one question for each of the premiers, so I guess I'll consider that my question and my follow-up. First first one is for Premier Cochrane. Um, this morning on CBC's The Current, you mentioned that the federal government needs to do more to support northern infrastructure and that uh, northern communities need the help and support infrastructure-wise that southern communities already have. So given the unprecedented nature of like this year's um, wildfire season and how many think that it's driven by climate change, I'm curious if you think climate mitigation infrastructure is an important part of that moving forward. I can tell you that we've been facing issues with uh, climate issues uh, for, many, for a while. Our permafrost is melting. The Arctic Sea is melting. We have more ships coming in. These fires, um, I would love to say it was a one-time event, but I can't guarantee that. What I can say is that when we had to evacuate, I've been, not only me, we've been asking for the same infrastructure, roads, communications, that people in Canada take for granted for decades When our community of Hay River started on fire, people were driving through our one road out with fire on both sides. The smoke was overcome. Our communications went down. We have no redundancy. I couldn't get a hold of people. They couldn't know if they were safe, if they were evacuated or not. So I've been screaming for infrastructure for decades, all of us. Now we're talking about risks. 22 of our communities have no roads and no permanent roads. And we all know if the smoke is there, you can't fly planes in. So if this happens, our season's not done, but if this happens next year, is it my fault? Whose fault is it when we can't get people out because we don't have basic infrastructure that every Canadian takes for granted so I'm tired. I've been tired for a long time for asking for infrastructure, and now I'm angry. And I think that I'm not going to be able to do it alone. We've been arguing. I need every single Canadian to say it is not okay that the territories live like third-world countries, that we do not have the same services that people in the South have. So please, everyone, raise your voice, because I need the, the federal government to hear We are Canadians, and we deserve the same. Thank you. So kind of a related question, Premier Smith. uh, As your your colleague has pointed out there, there's a a strong possibility of these kind of climate-fueled 
forest fire events are likely to happen again. So you've rightly pointed out in the past that many of the fires in Canada this year were, were human-caused. But I'm wondering if you think, as most scientists do, that human-caused climate change has made those fires more extreme and intense this year. And if so, what do you think should be done about it as far as infrastructure, mitigation? What, what should we do? Well, I mean, this is the reason why we have our emissions reduction and energy development plan that would have us be carbon neutral by 2050. We take this seriously, and we're working with the international community to make sure that we're, uh, that, that we're mitigating risk on that front. Secondarily, though, I've got a fantastic uh, minister of forestry and parks who, has a, who will be unrolling a plan for how we can build fire breaks around communities. We were able to successfully do that in the case of Grand Prairie and Little Smoky, and he, he's observed that when you build these fire breaks, when a fire is raging and it hits that break, it makes it easier for firefighters to be able to address it. I've been to Fox Lake, and they have a similar issue to what Premier Cochran was talking about. One road in, and it's a, and it's a dirt road, and they have to evacuate by barge, and it was pretty scary for that community also. So we have an obligation to assist in, in helping them to find a, an alternative access route. So those are a, a few of the things that, that we are working on. Yeah. Just, just to be and clear, there's two points, parts of that, so my, my apologies, but you, you do think that climate change has exacerbated the wildfire season this year? Well, look, I mean, all I know is that we have had the worst fire season in our history. We, we have had terrible fire seasons in the past. There are some years we get lucky and we don't have uh, any burn at all. And that has been the case in a couple of years in the last five. But uh, I've, I've traveled all over this province and there's a lot of dry, a lot of drying uh, territory. There's a lot of forested area. And there's a, an incredible amount of risk every single year. And so I think that we have to be prepared that this could become a, a regular event. And if it's a regular event, we have to make sure that we take all of the efforts that we can to mitigate with fire breaks, to uh, reduce emissions as we're doing through our emissions reduction and energy development plan, and to ensure that we've got proper infrastructure so people feel safe when they need to evacuate. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll go to our next question at the mic. Hey, Tim Brook with CTV. Uh, both my questions are for you, Premier Smith. Um, First of all, we're hearing some reports this morning that some residents uh, going into hotels are being asked to uh, report to an evacuation center uh, because some of the accommodations are, are full or booked up here. You mentioned wanting to help BC if it comes to that as well. How many more people are we prepared to take on and how can we accommodate all of these people? I, I might get Mike Ellis to talk about that. Just, Doug, just I'll have him come up. Thanks. So I apologize for not having the exact numbers, but I can tell you that Alberta Emergency Management Agency is uh, uh, working very closely with the British Columbia government in the event that uh, they certainly would uh, like folks to come over to Alberta. Uh, I know that we have been prepared or pre-preparing uh, places such as uh, Lethbridge and um, you know, other the in Medicine Hat and other communities in southern Alberta to take on any evacuees from British Columbia. At this time, again, we... we, we we talk to British Columbia on a regular basis. We're, we're available. We're ready to help. Uh, but at this time, they're not requiring that assistance. Now, I will say this. From an assistance perspective, as provided, uh, as, uh, as I've been told through uh, Minister Sajan and the, the, the federal government, uh, we have been providing water bombers, as an example, to make sure that uh, we're assisting with their fire efforts out in, uh, in British Columbia. And I know that, according to Minister Sajan, uh, uh, Premier Eby and uh, folks within British Columbia are very appreciative of the support we're giving at this time. Thank you. Thanks. Um, and then my, my second question is about... Um, 
a group, I guess they're, they're self-identifying as freedom fighters right now, protesters. Uh, there are a number of them in B.C. who don't want to leave evacuated communities. We're hearing of some in Northwest Territories as well. Uh, I would just like to know your thoughts uh, on, uh, on those, uh, those freedom fighters, Premier Smith, and uh, if you agree with what they're doing. Uh, the, the people who should stay behind are the ones who can help with the firefight. I mean, we did have a number of people in Indigenous communities who are skilled firefighters who also asked to stay behind, and we were grateful to be able to work with them and integrate them into our firefighting efforts. But um, I must say, it's, uh, I wouldn't tempt nature on this. When these fires get rolling, they, they, they form a wall, and it's traumatizing to anybody who has had to escape that. So um, I think it's unwise to, to try to tempt fate that way. Um, if, if they have legitimate skills and they're able to be worked into the, the firefighting efforts, that, that may be the, the, the exception I would put forward. But there, uh, we've just seen some, some horrible situations here with Slave Lake, with Fort McMurray, in Hawaii with Lahaina. It, it, it seems that the real danger is if the is if the fire jumps into a, a city. At that, at that point, it becomes very, very difficult to be able to manage it. And so we're, uh, we're hopeful that that doesn't happen in, in too many more cases. But I'm, I'm of the view you should listen to officials when they tell you to evacuate. Thanks. Thank yep. you. And we're going to go to the phone lines now. Operator, could you put through the... Sam, let's just have the Premier respond to that one too. Oh, sorry. Premier? I just want to add to that, um, we are really emphasizing for if you're not an essential worker, if you're not helping with the fires, if you're not helping with a grocery store or gas station, please leave the NWT. Every single fire that we've had, there's always been people that stay behind, protecting their homes, protecting their communities, but they actually put not only themselves at risk, they're putting our firefighters at risk. And I've seen it over and over because we've had so many fires in the north. When the fire hits the community, our first responders and our firework, firefighters stop fighting the fire because then they have to focus on protecting those people. And then we get in trouble because homes burnt. So really, if you care about your homes, if you care about your community, if you care about the people that are working day and night fighting these fires, please leave if you're not an essential worker because if you choose to stay there for your life, that's one issue. But you're putting people at risk, young firefighters that are young as my children. I've met many of them, and they are put at risk when you decide to stay. So if you're not an essential worker, please leave the community that's being evacuated. Thank you. Thank you, Premier. Um, it looks like we have time for just one last question, maybe two. We're going to go to the phones. Operator, could you put through our first caller, please? Bowling, Vic Drum. Good uh, afternoon. My question, well, it's for either, I guess. Uh, we are being told that there are unhoused evacuees in Calgary who have been uh, pushed out of their hotel rooms, and uh, many are now roaming the streets. So I'm wondering if this can be, someone can confirm if this is actually the case, and uh, what is being done to... Uh, Make sure these got the GNWT is keeping track of these gentlemen and women, and uh, making sure they're able to access the required services. Uh, we we were made aware that there are a couple of of individuals who who do fall into the the cat that category who um, had uh, been kicked out of hotels because of. Uh, disruption, um, but we don't want anyone to be on the street, and so there's a couple of options that they're looking for. One is to provide shelter space 
that's one option that uh, the emergency folks on, on staff here are directing some towards. And the other is that they're working on a, uh, a, a sort of a group housing type of arrangement where they can be in a, a, a facility that is, uh, as opposed to single rooms, a, a little bit more of an open area. As I understand it, they're in process of uh, identifying that space and that uh, Cal- if you want to call 311 in Calgary, and get directed as an evacuee, that would be the, the way that they'd be able to get connected to those services. Mike may also have some additional comments on that. Yeah, thank you. And uh, the Premiers uh, and myself were just uh, recently made aware of this as well, and we've already uh, actioned uh, making sure that the uh, uh, Hotel Association uh, is uh, fully aware of the issue, but also as well as Alberta Emergency Management. Uh, nobody uh, should be uh, turned away. And as the Premier indicated, 311, um, um, in speaking with uh, Calgary Emergency Management only moments ago, uh, they've assured us that uh, by calling 311 uh, that they have the resources in place to make sure any individual uh, who is certainly feeling vulnerable will have a, uh, a place to go, whether it be a shelter or a temporary accommodation. Again, we are trying to do whatever we can, as the Premier uh, Premier Smith has stated, we will do whatever it takes uh, to make sure that people are, are safe. Thank you. Um, yeah, when I did come in, I did act, act, ask that. It was a concern that I had. I'm not going to generalize people. I know that um, sometimes people think it's that uh, they make assumptions on who gets kicked out of hotels and not. That's not the reality. Many people can get kicked out of hotels. I'm really glad that it was one of the first concerns uh, that I asked about. I'm really glad that Alberta is stepping up, that they're looking at alternative accommodations. We can't, uh, we've been stressing to our residents, most people in the Northwest Territories are very kind. We're very community-minded. We care about each other. But in, in every community, there's, there's always uh, issues. So my concern is that they wouldn't end up on, on the streets of Edmonton. Uh, it's hard here. Many people have never been in, out of the territories. And to think that they're being put on the streets is scary. Scary for me as the premier. must be petrifying for them. So I'm really glad to hear that the Alberta government has recognized that and that there will be alternatives. I'll be spreading it on all over my media. Call 311 if you are in a situation. So again, thank you for recognizing the need and stepping up to address the need. Thank you. And Eric, did you have a follow-up? Uh, well, okay, How? what happens for people who don't have access to phones? Are there a lot of pay phones or things for people who can reach 311 still down in Calgary or access to shelters? Or In, El- in Alberta, uh, we try to make it uh, certainly... Uh, resources accessible uh, for folks. So I I guess technically, if they do not have a cell phone, I'm certainly sure that uh, if they were to contact, um, you know, um, you know, even if not recommending people go to the shelters that they don't have to go, but I'm just saying that, you know, there, there are many ways to find a way to use a phone to contact 311 
Uh, certainly another number that we've made available, and I know to this to Premier Cochrane, uh, 310-4455 is another number. And of course, we have our mental health services that we provide in Alberta, which is 211, which has an absolute wonderful array of resources to help people who might be uh, dealing with uh, trauma, obviously, as a result of being displaced out of their, their communities. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's other ways, you know, I mean, it could be as simple as stop a police officer and borrow a phone, quite frankly. I think those are, there's always ways to use a phone in order to contact 311. And I believe we've got four evacuation centers in Calgary, others in other, more in other jurisdictions, plus uh, the Aboriginal Friendship Centers are another area providing support, plus we have on staff, as I mentioned here, uh, AHS Indigenous Wellness. So, we, the, if anyone is in that kind of distress, uh, we'll, the, uh, the information will be available through 311, and there's lots of points of access for it. Thank you. And with that, that'll wrap up our press conference. The last for, one here? Sorry? The, there's one more person at the white mic. Just last one. Gotcha. Can we just go with one question for the sake of time, please? Thank you. Megan Cobb with Global News. I just want to ask a question on behalf of an evacuee some of us were speaking with this morning. He evacuated Yellowknife. He's heard from reports from friends who are still in the area that have checked on his place that items have been stolen from his home. Just wondering what's being done in terms of security for those homes that are left unoccupied right now. Well, I'll start by saying it's really inappropriate on Virgin on Disgusting. For people, people are hurting. People have lost things. They're left behind. People that actually are looting, I, I, I can't say how much that hurts me. It's inappropriate. This is not the time. It's never the time. But do not, uh, do not prey on people that are so vulnerable. Uh, in the Northwest Territories right now, we have RCMP. We believe we've increased their support from the federal government in that area. We are monitoring. Um, technology has changed, and it's really helped. The amount of people in our capital city that have those cameras um, set up in their homes. Uh, people think they're knocking on the door, and as soon as they knock on the door and ring the bell, uh, the RCMP are notified. People down here have that, not everyone. But technology is helping us. The RCMP are helping us. And please, if this is what you're doing as a resident, then it is totally inappropriate, and you need to look at yourself in the mirror. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you so much. And and then we'll ask comments there. So that will conclude today's press conference. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And please feel free to reach out to the context on the media notice if your question wasn't able to be asked. Thank you.